I'd like to turn your attention to the book of Acts, if you would, and we will we will get started. The praise team did a good job. I feel like the Lord directed every one of those songs. By the way, Brother French, uh, we Brother uh, Pastor over there, what's his name? Brother Fogarty called us because they had a very tragic uh, accident. I'm not sure exactly how Sister Fogarty's brother-in-law was what the circumstances were, but we know he was killed in a, in a traffic accident. We don't know. We know he was a sheriff in Ohio. We know that. And they called. They were rushing out. They said, Brother French, we're just, uh, we don't have any, I mean, it was just that kind of a call. Can you help us? And I said, yes. Whatever we got to do, we'll be there. And Brother Nathan French and Sister Rachel uh, went over early this morning and took care of their services. And they had five people get the baptism of the Holy Ghost in that service. You know, that's exciting. And I thank God for every life that is being impacted by the power of God. Amen. So so uh, I know, and they are excited, uh, Brother and Sister Fogarty, in the midst of that hardship and difficulty. He said, Brother French, we it's tragic but we don't want our service to go we need somebody to just come and help us and and uh so lord made a way now i'm inspired tonight to preach concerning the name of the lord and my text is very simple i'm going to read just one verse and then we will we will have read our text although i'm going to uh, look at more than one scripture as we preach with or without a voice. I'll have a little bit of voice. <clears throat> Acts chapter 3. And I'd like to read verse number 6. Then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none. But such as I have, can you say that with me? Such as I have. So what was it that they had? And I'm going to preach tonight that they had the power of the name of Jesus Christ. That's what they had. They had a name such as I have, give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Praise God. I'm entitling this message tonight, Exalt the Name. Praise God. Lay your Bibles down and let's exalt his name for just a moment. Let's give him a little bit of praise. Father, tonight we thank you because you're in this service Lord, you've blessed us, you've kept us, and now we want to give honor to your name. We want to preach about your name tonight. And I pray for the anointing on this vessel, that we can be used of God, Lord, to exalt and magnify your glorious name. And I pray that we will receive it, Lord, and that you will give us faith, Lord, to see the the necessity and purpose of being an apostolic people in these last days. And we give you praise. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. I was tempted to just simply entitle this message tonight, Exalt, because we are preparing a conference that we call Exalt. But I'd like to be very clear tonight 
that exalting the name of Jesus does not mean being loud, doesn't mean dancing, it doesn't mean worshiping. That is not exalting the name of Jesus. Now, in your worship and in understanding the name of Jesus, you will shout and dance and all of those things. But just because somebody worships or dances or praises God, that in itself is not exaltation. We dance and praise God because his name is worthy. How many know that's true tonight? His name is worthy. And therefore, it is not true to suggest that because I get emotional or I play a certain style of music or I get to feeling really good and I feel like kind of moving around, that that's exalting the name of Jesus. Exalting the name has nothing to do with whether I wave my finger around or I get loud or I dance or I move a little bit. Exalting his name is far more important than my physical activity or whether or not I'm worshiping in a certain way. Praise God. Amen. The apostles preached the name of Jesus. They preached it when it was hated and they did not preach it for a response. So, oh, oh, does anybody feel really good tonight? They preached it because it is exalted and should and must be exalted by God's people. And in doing so, they turned the world upside down when they preach the name of Jesus. And let me say this. You know, somebody will say to me, well, I'm, I'm a so-and-so Christian, and, and we, I love the name of Jesus. You know, it's important for us to understand that there may be folks all around us that in their own simple way are trying to understand who Jesus is and what Jesus is all about. Have you ever met somebody that didn't have the Holy Ghost, never spoke in tongues, but they were sincerely seeking after something from God? And so I want to tell you tonight that in the feeble efforts of the human heart to find what God intends for them and to live as God intended for them to live, there is a power that begins to be unleashed. And I'm telling you tonight, there is a power in the name of Jesus. Praise God. There's a power in the name of Jesus that can turn our city upside down. The apostles preached the name of Jesus and it was not their education that caused it. They weren't stupid. They weren't uneducated necessarily. They simply preached the name of Jesus and did not depend upon their abilities. It was not in their wealth. And this is indicated in the little tidbit of the story of the lame man that I want to refer to tonight. Silver and gold have I none. Now this is very interesting. I'm going to come back to that. Hallelujah. I feel the Holy Ghost here tonight. We must not compromise the name of Jesus for any reason. There is no purpose in turning our backs on the name of the Lord. It is, was not in their education, it was not in their wealth, and it was not in their personality. Now, I thank God for personality. I thank God for, for each of you and your differing personalities. Wouldn't it be just drab as all get out if we were all just exactly alike? Hello. Hello, me. How you doing, me? I mean, that would just be pathetic. And nobody wants it. But 
but there's something about personality. And we are impressed by personality. People win presidential elections because of personality or because of the media shaping what America sees. When that person gets up, you know, they may look like they're seven feet tall. They may be three and a half feet tall. Because somebody can shape what, it, what they seem to be. And so people can be fooled. And that's exactly what Hollywood does. Hollywood is out there shaping all these perceptions. And, and I want to tell you something. There's nothing fake about the Holy Ghost. There's nothing unreal about the power of God. And therefore we do not reflect the name of God in our personalities and our abilities. Some may be smart, some may be rich, and some may have all kinds of personality. He is not looking for ability. He is looking for faithfulness to his name. Hallelujah. So what was it that changed the world? It was the name that they preached. Hallelujah. They preached the name of Jesus Christ. Now, I was a Trinitarian for many years, and, and of course, you know that. And I had a long journey of d- looking at all of these issues in my own life. And I, at first, was very adamant that it, it, only absolute fools would think that there was not a Trinity. That there was a Father and a Son and a Holy Ghost. That's three. I said it on college debates. I said it at the university level. That's three. Why would any dumb brain think that there's just one person in the Godhead? Said it many times. Of course, I was the dumb brain. But you understand what I'm saying. And so there were times I even presented entire... uh, papers defending the trinity that the the man could not be his own son anybody who claimed he was his own son is an absolute fool can you say praise the lord of course i learned later that was nobody on this earth that was claiming that they were their own son oneness people or anybody else was claiming that they were their own son In fact, there was no son until Bethlehem. And that child that was born, oh, I feel the Holy Ghost here tonight. That one that was born, that which is conceived in you is of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. And the angel said, it doesn't matter what you're naming. You can name him Fred or Frankenstein. It doesn't make any difference. A couple of you actually Moved when I said that. No, the angel didn't say that whatsoever. The angel said, Thou shalt call his name. Now, I was at a university some time ago, and a young man, I'm trying to think where this was because I've, I've done different kinds of things at colleges before. And, uh, and uh, I don't maybe Sister French, you were with me, and this young man stood up. No, no, Sister French was not with me. I was at the Assembly of God Seminary. There were about five or six hundred at that time. This has been a few years ago. Uh, it's in Springfield, Missouri. And the Assembly of God called and said, we want you to come and explain why you left the Assembly of God and why you're baptized in Jesus' name. And so I did, ended up there. And this young man stood up and he said, uh, Talmadge, um, I just, I don't think I understand your, you know, as though this was all about me, 
But, but he was sincere. I'm just saying. In other words, the idea was you feeling this dramatic, uh, this over intensity about the name Jesus. That was just the point. Because he said, I mean, I don't, I don't think I understand why it makes any difference is what he was saying. Of course, it's very similar to the, the logic that says it doesn't matter how you're baptized. Or even if you are baptized. <laughs> you don't think that matters? In fact, I forget whether I was at a university when a fellow got up and he said, um, <clears throat> Talmud here is one of these Pentecostals that teaches, he represents these, even though he's always got this PhD. He still thinks that it matters whether or not you're baptized. And that was supposed to be like saying I was Hitler's grandson. And I just went like that. Like, I want to turn. Because when I got my moment, I said, Professor so-and-so here is exactly right. I am one. I didn't used to be. But now I am one of those Pentecostals that believes that what the Bible says actually matters and that it matters how you're baptized and this fellow stood up and he said I don't understand why God would care about a technicality that when you get baptized you have to say something I said, well, that's very strange because as a Trinitarian, I believed all of my life that when you baptized, you were supposed to say in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost that the tradition of the church and the Catholic faith and all the churches that follow that logic says that you're not supposed to baptize some other way. You're supposed to say what Matthew told us to say in Matthew 28, 19. And repeat it. I baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. But I said, unfortunately, for that kind of logic... Neither the Father nor the Spirit died for you. And when we get baptized, we are buried into the death of Jesus Christ. That's why we're baptized. Hallelujah. Praise God. I'm telling you tonight that while the human mind may reason that God doesn't care in it and fiddly sticks on what you say, you could say Methuselah or you could say a Pixie Dixie. Is there such a thing as Pixie Dixie? What, what's, that, what's that store called? I mean Piggly Wiggly. Who cares? What's in a name anyway? Let's just call it Pig, Pixie Dixie. No, I'm just kidding. Of course, it's Piggly Wiggly. Why would you call it Pixie Dixie when it, unless you're me? I'm the only person that would call it Pixie Dixie. Do you see how absolutely 
amazing it is that someone would say, it, in fact, I said to this young, what is your name? And I forget what he said. I just don't remember. But I think he's, it was a very common name. And I said, well, thank you, Fred. And his name wasn't Fred. He said, no, I, I said Bob or whatever his name was. No, no, Fred. No, Fred. Nope. Makes no difference what your name is. You see, because he was, I said, no, 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 I'm teasing you. I know you said Bob. I don't remember, that wasn't his real name. But I, I know you said Bob. But do you see how utterly ridiculous it is to suggest that it makes absolutely, it'd be like saying you are, you, not you are dying of cancer, but your baby is dying of cancer. And that you're going to pray for that baby. And no hope in the world for that child except the power of God. And you're going to tell me you could say Belshazzar or you could say Baal or you could say any name. You know that it's not so. That would have to be a name. And you would make sure. You would make sure. You'd make sure. Of course you would. Doesn't prove a thing, but to suggest that it makes no difference what you say when you're baptized. Now my pastor told me that they didn't really say anything when they baptized. It didn't matter what they said when you baptized. That was in the authority. That when you baptize in the name, be like the police coming up and say, Uh, I'm going to arrest you in the name of the law. Name, in that case, becomes a substitute for authority. So you just baptize in the authority. And so the logic of that began to unravel when I begin to ask, well, then why are we baptized in the authority of the Trinity? When, in fact, in the New Testament, they said Jesus. We know they did. And I said, we were, we were investigating all those places. And I, was, I wasn't trying to get baptized. I was trying to prove that you guys were wrong. That you were the wrong Pentecostals. That you were just overly zealous about a name. <laughs> but I want to tell you tonight, it matters about the name. The name is important Because it is the name that God has chosen unto himself. There is a name that is to be exalted. And I want to tell you, hallelujah, we're living in a day, we're living in a generation when they're trying to downplay everything that really matters in the first place. They don't matter if you worship Buddha. It doesn't matter if you worship this. But I tell you, it does matter. What matters is that we have a God. We have a mighty God. Hallelujah. They preach the name. I was at the university in Wheaton, Chicago one time. And uh, I was studying. I was in a Greek class. And I'll leave the name person nameless because they're fairly well known. And... uh, and they're quite brilliant, and they've written some of the greatest books in the evangelical world, and I highly respect them. So the name doesn't matter. And he said in the middle of the class, 
someone said, uh, well, why the student was, we were, we were in a Greek class, and everybody was just, I was the only oneness person, all the rest were Baptists. And, and uh, the building we were in is four stories, and they named it the Billy Graham Center because they named it over their most famous uh, student that they ever had. And I kept wondering, why didn't they name this the Talmadge L. French Center? I, I just, no, I didn't. I'm just, I never thought that one time. But they named it the, the Billy Graham, not the William Graham, but the Billy, or no, the doctor, right? No, they don't put doctor on there. What floor did you work on when you were there? Third floor. She worked for, well, you worked once for the curator of the museum, and then you worked for Dr. Weber, and you typed his encyclopedia for worship, right? The history, seven-volume history of worship, which has become the standard of the study of worship throughout Christianity. Sister French typed it and was his secretary and worked there. When I started the church in Chicago, she worked there. In fact, Brother French was about, uh, was he younger than that or about that age? About Talmadge's age. When uh, the ladies would come and he would say, well, you're not uh, dressed right. What's that on your face and things like that? And she would say, honey, honey, uh, these are my coworkers. Uh, you know, this, is, uh, this isn't church. This is the Billy Graham Center. You know. <clears throat> and so this young man in middle of exegesis class stood up and he said, I wonder why the disciples... I just don't, we were, uh, it, it, it pertained to some of the discussion. And he said, I don't, why did the, why did the disciples uh, baptize in Jesus' name? I don't, I just don't understand that. And I thought, oh, oh, my goodness. Here I was, the UPC pastor in town, and I was, uh, getting my degree in Greek and and I you know you don't hear that every day at a Baptist university and the young man said to the to, the, to a to a gentleman who is now deceased but at the time he was maybe the most maybe the one of the most famous scholars in the what we would what I would have referred to as the evangelical world I mean Wheaton is known as the Mecca of evangelicalism and it's called the Harvard of evangelicalism because of that university and a young man studying Greek I mean a brilliant young mind is saying to the leading evangelical of the of this university why did they why did they baptize in Jesus name and why did they pray in Jesus name why didn't, in other words, the discussion was, why didn't they do it in the name of the Trinity? And I think it even came up, I may have brought it, I don't, I don't think I brought, my, I just was letting them say it. Like, why isn't the word Trinity in the Bible? Things like that. And they were discussing, and, the, and, and Dr. Uh, uh, Nameless said, uh, he, he was answering it, 
And uh, his background is what I call the Christian church, which is like the disciples of Christ. It's part of that tradition, and it's quite a large group and very uh, interesting, very interesting group. In fact, I, I do uh, talk a, a great deal in some of my work about how many of their preachers baptized in Jesus' name. And I even told him one time, I said, Are, have you ever studied the tradition of your denomination? And I said, I've found all these one people that were baptized in Jesus' name. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm familiar with that. I'm talking about like 150 years, even way before Pentecost came around. They were baptizing in Jesus' name. They were called back to the Bible Christians, and they, they wouldn't name themselves anything but Christian. They wouldn't call themselves the, only the name Christian. That's the only name they could use. And then one group of them said, well, we could say we're disciples of Christ. And they, okay, and they became known as the disciples of Christ. And then the really super conservative group said, well, we could call ourselves the church of Christ. And so that group called themselves. And, and we're talking literally millions of people in these churches. Here's one of the smartest men I ever met in my whole life. A, a member of a tradition of a group that many of them baptize in Jesus' name. And he's got a group of young scholars, young men that are in their 20s and 30s and, and they're, they're studying Greek and Hebrew and they're in seminary and they're asking, I don't understand why they did everything in Jesus' name. We were looking particularly at Acts chapter 3 when Peter said silver and gold have I none. Why didn't they pray in the name of the Trinity? Why didn't they anoint people in the name of the Trinity? And this was his answer. Well, uh, you know, we'll call him John. No, we won't call him John. We've got a John. We'll call him uh, Wilbur. Do we have anybody? Do we have a Wilbur? Okay. I can promise you his name was not Wilbur. Wilbur, you have to understand that these apostles were very, very unlearned. He said, in fact, they were so naive because here's how we got to this question. This young man, Wilbur, which, of course, is not his name, said. Why didn't here was the question it just came to me how we actually ask it. Why didn't. These apostles just explain the Trinity. Why didn't they say, there's a Trinity? Of course, this is the question I've been asking for when I became oneness. Why didn't they just say, now there's a Trinity, but it's a great mystery. Nobody can understand it. And why didn't they explain it and say, now there's three in this Godhead and they're all if you see the Father, you see the Son, but they're separate persons. But they're not different gods. They're one God that they're in the Trinity, and, they, and they've always existed. And the Son's always been the Son of the Father, and the no, Son has no mother, just a Father. And the Holy Spirit is there, and they're all equal, and they're all in this, and they all think the same. Why didn't the apostles just write a whole book called Explaining the Trinity? That was, that's what they were talking about. And I was sitting there going, 
Yeah, that's what I want to know. And his answer was, the apostle Peter was a dumb fisherman. He couldn't have explained the Trinity if he wanted to. And I was on the front row. And I highly respected this man. I mean, he floored me that day. Oh, man, he floored me. And I said, uh, 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 Doctor, uh, one, one, one question. I hadn't said a word up to this point. I said, now, are you, I, I, I want to be sure that I'm getting, you know I'm in the oneness tradition, right? He, yes, I know you're one of those ones. Okay, are you saying then, I, mean, I just want to be sure, I, might, I, I think I must be misunderstanding you. Are you saying that the apostles were stupid? Is, is that more or less what we're saying here? And he grinned and he said, mm, let's not use that word. Let's just say they were very naive. They were unlearned, ed, unlearned fishermen. They didn't have the ability to probe. He said it took hundreds of years before people were smart enough to come around and look at these doctrines and say, ah, I see. It's not really one. I got more revelation in that little moment and I raised my hand and I said, do, do you mean like when the apostle, I, I mean, I was feeling, ooh, I was just like, I wanted to say, oh man. And I said, you mean the apostle Peter was really naive and stupid when he reached out and the guy was lame and he couldn't walk and he said, silver and gold have I none in the name of Jesus. And the guy suddenly, his feet and ankle bones received strength and he began to praise God. I said, is that, is that what you mean by stupid or naive? Let's get the, you know, get the wording right here. I said, you know what? I wish I were that stupid. I wish that we could obtain. He was suggesting that the stupid ones were the apostles. And I said, I, I fear, I fear that we're misapplying that word. We're applying it to the wrong people. When somebody can reach out in a faith and have an understanding that releases healing in a man that's been brought there since he was a little boy. Hallelujah. And say, such as I have. Praise God. Hallelujah. Church, we better never get to the place that we think we're smarter than Pentecost. We had better never get to the place that we think that what our knowledge tells us is greater than our, what our Bible tells us. Praise God. What they didn't have was silver and gold. But what they had 
was power through a name which they preached and they used hallelujah i want us to lift our hands and ask god let's let's praise his name just a moment here lord i thank you for it i praise you for it hallelujah silver and gold have i none but such as i have give by thee amen we had better never betray the name that gives us the power. Now, I do have Trinitarian friends from time to time that will say, well, I don't baptize that way, and I have power, and I pray for people that are healed and so on, and I, and, uh, I will say, well, what do you pray in the name of Methuselah, or what do you pray in? Well, I pray in Jesus' name. Well, there you go. Well, but I don't baptize like you. So what? If you pray in the name of Jesus, you could be an atheist. And reach out and say, in Jesus' name. And there's power in the name of Jesus. So you're saying, Reverend, that, that when even though I'm wrong, I still have power with God. Yes, that's what I'm saying. You're baptizing wrong. You're baptizing in a non-biblical way. And that's between you and God. But I'm not about to do it. I'm going to exalt the name in everything that I do. Ye men of Israel, why marvel ye at this, the apostle said. Doesn't sound like a fool to me. Doesn't sound like some buffoon to me. Why marvel ye at this? Or why look ye so earnestly on us, they said. The new living says, why stare at us as though we had made this man walk ourselves? Church, if we can give God the exaltation and the glory for which he is worthy, hallelujah, then he can give us the miracle for which we are so desperate. Praise God. I want to say this, and I don't want to embarrass anyone, but uh, Sister uh, Evelyn Morris came to me the other night, came in because they had revival down in uh, where, where her son lives. And we'll, we'll just say down there. Okay. I know it's a town and it's got a name. And they came in. He's, he's had a dread circumstance with his physical body. A, 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 a sickness that doctors say cannot reverse itself. And the other night they were in service and, and he was hurting so bad that he could barely stand it. And they begin to pray and the Holy Ghost touched him and begin to move through his body. And that pain was gone and things that he had never done. Now, I haven't got an update in the last couple of days, but I got a feeling we're still talking updates here. That that young man suddenly was touched by the power of God. Praise God. Let me tell you, there is nobody, there is no religion, there is no Buddha, there is no one that has ever healed the body but our God. Hallelujah. His name is to be praised. His name is to be exalted. Think of a church that can see the needs and speak to them with authority. This lame man had been carried to this spot day after day. Some uncertainties exist or... Uh, there's, there's some disagreement, I guess we could say, over this gate called Beautiful. And uh, some say it was over here and over there. And 
Of course, I know where it was, but some people don't. And so I'm just saying that for them. Some people aren't sure if that was the gate here and the over there and so on. But you know, we, we have to let them wonder about it. But the most significant gate was named after an Alexandrian by the name of Nicanor. It was, of course, unfamiliar to many previous Jews and the Jews of the ancient uh, Israel because Herod's temple uh, came along long after the original temple and had been altered and so forth. And uh, Nicanor's gate, which I'm going to refer to it as that for just a moment, because some people refer to it, uh, and the reason it's important to understand that it was the Nicanor gate is that the Nicanor gate was uh, unusual. Now, there's a considerable disagreement over where the gate was, all right, whether it was over here, over there, and so on. Uh, I don't know why they can't figure that out, but, but th- there's disagreement over that. There is no disagreement over why it was called the beautiful gate. There's no, that, that's completely agreed upon by all, every scholar I've ever read. There is complete understanding that there were, in fact, uh, eight basic gates, and they were all made of silver and gold. Uh, they were quite interesting. They, their size is pretty well spelled out by Josephus. And, and, uh, and in other words, you're trying to get up to the temple, and there were eight entries into the uh, temple. But on the eastern side, that's why I know where it was. Some people don't seem to realize that. But the Nicanor Gate was on the eastern side. It's what was called the Eastern Gate. And, uh, but it was named after its builder, and uh, it was the Ninth Gate. It was the Ninth Gate because it was the central opening into what later became known as Solomon's porch. And uh, several places, like in the Bible, it doesn't matter. I'm, I don't have time to go too far into it. But uh, Solomon's porch, we know that uh, there, there's some disagreement over Solomon's porch because uh, the question is, was that actually Solomon's porch? Or was the, did, did they mistakenly think that some of Solomon's temple was there when Herod built this, what, what we call Herod's temple? Um, <clears throat> And some people say no, and some people say yes. And, of course, there's no way in the world, as far as I'm concerned, that Jesus would have said or the apostles said or believed, okay, they're not stupid, that they called it the Solomon's porch, but it was not Solomon's porch. It was uh, uh, some other person's porch. It was what was left over of the old temple. And over that entry, because and probably for the very reason that it was Solomon's actual, where his feet actually touched. Oh, hallelujah. I feel the Holy Ghost here tonight. And so it was that the first miracle coming out of Pentecost, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were given over to the name of Jesus. They weren't arguing about it. They weren't discussing whether you ought to be baptized in water or prune juice. They weren't trying to decide whether or not you should use the name of Jesus or just any old name will do. They knew that there was a name that was above every name. And there was this one gate. Now someone said, yeah, (laughs) 
the, uh, oh, I wish I could preach this. Uh, some people said, well, all those other gates were, uh, were uh, gold and silver. That's right. They were. None of them were ever called the gate beautiful. But the gate that led onto Solomon's porch. Of course, the word porch is a Greek word that means an entryway. Or so, or porch. You go onto this open area. And then you, you make your way into the temple. That gate, the eastern gate of Herod's, of these name-exalting Jesus' name preachers, suddenly... A young man, of course the Bible says he was above 40, so it depends on who's preaching. If Brother French is preaching, that's not a young man. But you need to take notes. That's a young, just right, young man, above 40. Above 40, all right. He's a young man. And he had never walked. They knew that the name of Jesus was so powerful that suddenly the Holy Ghost arrested them. Now, I personally, we all know, it's no, no, there's no uh, trying to figure this out. They'd passed that way. That gate was traversed, and these apostles had traversed it. That man had been there many times. Now, we know the gate was the widest gate. It was over 50 cubits uh, high. It was absolutely massive. It was incredible. But it had not one piece of gold. And it did not have a single piece of silver on it. Because it was widely known. Josephus himself reports about it. Speaks of it. He called it. uh, uh, What what did. uh, uh, I'll think of it maybe. Josephus called it. uh, Dazzling. That was his word. That's the English translation. Dazzling. Not one piece of gold, not one piece of silver. Oh, what a perfect type. What a perfect place where the sacred ground of the holy temple has been reconstructed. The widest opening that there is. And what they did was they went to the mines of Corinth. And some people have called it many times the Corinthian gate. But it was many, many times, and of course in the Bible, it was in Acts 3 referred to as the gate that they called beautiful. It got that, let's call that a nickname, because it was actually uh, the uh, Corinthian gate, and or the Eastern gate. They had all kinds of names for it, but it was known as a, let's call it a nickname, don't take that too seriously, because they went to the mines of Corinth, 
where the bronze or what we might think of as brass if you if you know how to polish it in fact how many remember in in the letter to paul wrote in corinth he said we look in a glass darkly anybody remember that expression we look and we can't see very well and and because that was a reference to the fact that they used the mines the bronze of corinth to make mirrors because they could polish them so perfectly that you could see your reflection in the mirrors and that's what they wrapped those columns with the great porticos on both sides they were wrapped in bronze and they were so shiny that it looked like gold glistening everywhere and here was a man that didn't have a dime to his name but the name of Jesus was getting ready to lift him up and give him a future because of somebody that believed in the name of Jesus. Could we just clap our hands and thank God for it? Hallelujah. What a marvelous place for a marvelous miracle. The lame man received, the Bible says, immediately his feet and his ankle bones. That's in the Bible text. His feet and his ankle bones received strength. Strength came where weakness once prevailed. Now, church, you listen to me. If we want to be a strong church, we need to lift up the name of Jesus. Now, if you want to lift up your pride and your self, You need to tell your weakness. You need to tell your fear. You need to tell your incapacities. I come to you in the name of Jesus Christ. I am getting ready to dance on holy ground. Hallelujah. Somebody here tonight, the devil's told you you're never gonna, you're never gonna do it. But suddenly the name of Jesus is preached, and you see things coming that you never thought. That friend, that neighbor, that loved one, that son, that daughter that the devil said they never suddenly the name of Jesus is preached over them. And you see yourself dancing. Praise God. The Babylonians had swept in and do I need to repeat any of that story? Oh, God. (laughs) They took Zedekiah's boys. I know, okay, uh, we've got the whole mix here, Sister French. I, I see you, I see you, I see you. Praise God, Sister French. And right in front of Zedekiah, the last king, the Babylonians swept in there. And Zedekiah, uh, you just read it. He, he had all kinds of ideas. He, he thought he was going to play with it. And they walked in there. And they brought those two boys. and They had no mercy, none whatsoever. And the Bible describes exactly what they did to those boys. And they did it right up there on the porch 
of the holy temple. And they smashed that building. They knocked it every which away. They stripped it of everything that was in there. Now you listen to me, church. The devil wants to strip truth of every vestige of its power. You've got to know where the power lies. You've got to know that it's in the name of Jesus. I must exalt his name. I must praise him no matter what. No matter what it is, I'm going to praise God. Hallelujah, church. We have a name and it stands at the gate I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together psalm 34 now i'm going to say something just for clarification and and i'm i'm not going to go much longer but i'm going to preach till i'm done i need a couple more minutes here but the the hebrew word here now there are several words for to exalt but the hebrew word in psalm 34 that i just read is is the pr- pretty common word for exalt and it's pronounced very easy to remember even though it's a resh, uh, vav, with a holem, so that would be ru. So it's a resh, a, 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 a vav with a holem, and then the final letter is a mem, which we would call, an, we would say an m, but we got that from the Hebrews. It's a mem, that's what they called it. And the, the mem, therefore, it would be pronounced room. That's not difficult. I just pronounced a Hebrew word. Room. That means exalt. Of course, exalt itself is not a singular meaning. The word exalt or, or room means to lift up. Can't do that board out of your skull. You can't lift it up and have no interest whatsoever. No, if you're going to raise it or you're going to, or, or uh, the word room also means to be high. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, Jesus. Remember sometimes, someone said to me, Pastor, I don't, I don't have all the answers and, and this, this fellow's got a so-and-so degree and he's telling me that if I knew this and that. I said, you go back and tell them you don't have one day of Greek and Hebrew study, but you got enough sense to know that there's a name, Jesus, that you love and nobody's going to take it down. No devil's going to stop. You just go back can tell them. I've had young people from college say that the Christianity say, you go back and you say, well I don't have any knowledge of that. I can't explain where the world came from. I can't explain how uh, something evolved from a little bang back there at the beginning. But I know this. My God made heaven and earth and I lift him up and I praise him. Hallelujah. Surely we're not ashamed. Psalm 96 says Give unto the Lord the glory due 
unto his name. And Psalm 99 says, Exalt ye the Lord our God. And the prophet Isaiah said in his prophecies in chapter 12, In that day, everyone say, In that day shall ye say, Praise the Lord, call upon his name, declare his doings among the people, make mention of his name. Hallelujah. Make mention that his name is exalted. Praise God. (laughs) Could we just lift our hearts and commit ourselves to be a people of the name in this? No matter what anybody else says or does, we ought to exalt his name. Praise God. There is no name like the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 I was uh, just, oh, I, I was, okay. Because of the healing of the lame man, the Jews commanded them in chapter 4 after our little, and I'm, I'm going to wrap it right up here. Oh, hallelujah. They said, they commanded them, I'm quoting it now, not to speak at all, verse 18, nor teach in the name of Jesus. They commanded, they, they arrested him, they held him overnight. And they said, we, we command you not to, uh, not to speak at all, nor teach in the name of Jesus. What a powerful thing. But do you think for one minute that that stopped them? They preached it clearly. Verse 12, neither is there salvation in any other. Hallelujah. How can, we, how can we not? There's no salvation in any other name. For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. I want to say tonight, if preaching the gospel is against the law, then I'm guilty. I'm going to preach the gospel. And I'm going to lift up his name. And I'm going to praise his name. Hallelujah. They preached that little sermon right right before the great committee. So it doesn't make any sense at all to me to baptize in any other name. To, to, To him give all the prophets witness that through his name, whosoever believeth in him shall receive remission of sins. That is as clear as crystal water. While Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell. They heard them. And how much more proof can there be? They heard them speak with tongues. Can any man, then answered Peter, can any man forbid water that these should be baptized? Because of the Jewish concerns and he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Now I'm not going to preach all night. I'm stopping right here, but let me say this. The psalmist penned these words, holy, this is King James, 
Psalm 111, holy and reverend. You ever use that English word? Reverend. Like, like a reverend. He's a reverend French. He's reverend Cole. That's the English word here that's used in the translation. Holy and reverend is his name. Of course, I know Hebrew well enough to know what the Hebrew word is. Now, the New Living translates it this way. What a holy, awe-inspiring name he has. That's what they're doing with the Hebrew word that's translated reverend. Holy and powerful and awesome he is his name. The ESV translates it this way. Holy and awesome is his name. Nehemiah said it, that his name is exalted. Okay, I'm, I'm bringing it down. It, his name is, everyone say Nehemiah. Nehemiah. All right, some of you are still, still, still there. Nehemiah said this. He has exalted He is exalted above all, does anybody know? Blessing and, back up because I know you're going to want to hit me. He is exalted. His name is exalted above all blessing. I'm going to take that, okay, to mean any blessing I could receive. I'm not just praising him because I'm wearing this suit tonight. I thank God for it. And I really thank God for the one I baptized in this morning. And I thank God for the shoes. That Are the Osborns here? Are they here? Okay, Brother Osborne brought me two pairs of special baptism shoes. The only problem is that they fill up with water. Now, other than that, it's not a problem. And, and I told him, I said, now, Brother Osborne, you're, you keep changing places on me. All right, so, uh, so I told you this morning when I got out, I said, my, my shoes are filled with water. What do I do about it? And you said, hold your foot up like that. And it was powerful. It was a revelation. And that water just, I went like that and shook my, whoa, people thought I was praising God. I could see you down. Some people, whoa, Brother French is getting a blessing. Hallelujah. I was just shaking the water out of my, out of my shoes. But if, it, if someone got a blessing, then I thank God for that. But his name, he is exalted above any blessing I've ever received. I'm not praising him because this young man shouldn't even be living and, and, and he's had four open heart surgeries and the doctor said, and then God came and healed him. That's That God is greater than the miracle that I've had in my life. He's exalted above everything that he's done for me. <laughs> I preached this whole sermon to get to this. I preached this whole sermon to get to Nehemiah. Chapter 9 and verse 5. He's exalted above all blessing. Does anybody know the next one? And praise. He's not exalted because you dance. You dance because he is exalted. Now you might say, well, 
He gets glory when you're obedient. So I'm not, I'm not go- talking about that. I'm talking about the exaltation exists before I get my blessing. Before I get my answer, Sister Morris. Before I hear the doctor. We were talking about, okay, uh, he's going to the doctor. Did he go to the doctor? He's going to the doctor. So he went to the doctor. And the preacher said, you go to the doctor. And he said, I'm going to go to the doctor. And I said, here's what's going to happen. The doctor will confirm what we have been praising God for. Hallelujah. The doctor will confirm the blessing. Hallelujah. Folks, you got to praise God, not because you are the one that's exalted. You're not exalted. You're not exalted. The Antichrist says he exalts himself above everything that is called God. That's the spirit of our world. You don't dance in this place to prove to the world how great you are. You dance in this place and you you walk the streets of this city because he is exalted. He is exalted. He is high above all of it. He's above every problem. He's above your problem. He's exalted. Let's stand. Come on, all across the building. Brother Fritz, come on, come on, come on. He's exalted. He's exalted. He's exalted. Praise God. Praise God. Someone ought to come down to this altar with your need and your and, and somebody on your heart and just praise him because he's exalted above your praise. Hallelujah. He's exalted above the answer that you're going to receive. Let's gather. Let's gather as close as we can. We're going to pray a special prayer. We're going to exalt him in our hearts. He is exalted. He is high. He is high. Come on, come on, come on. Sister French, grab a mic. And let's sing a little bit of it. He's exalted. Brother French, I want you to lead us in prayer. Somebody needs an answer tonight. He's exalted above all blessing and praise. Hallelujah. (laughs) He's exalted. He's exalted. He's exalted. Thank you,
Let's just take about 30 seconds and let's lift up our voices. Let's exalt Him with our, with our voices right now. Could we do that? Just, just give the Lord a shout of praise. Come on, just shout unto the Lord. Hallelujah. Be exalted. Be exalted. Be exalted. Higher and higher. Be exalted. Be exalted. Be exalted. Come on, just reach over and lay hands on somebody. Reach over and find somebody and let's bind together in prayer. And I want you to just unify in your praise. Just unify in your praise right now. We worship you, God. We glorify you, Lord. There's none beside you. There's none before you, God. You are great. You're greatly to be praised, Lord. If you never do anything else for me, Jesus, you're exalted. If you never bless me again, you're exalted. If you never heal me again, you're exalted above all names. Oh, come on, if you believe he's worthy. Oh, no other name. That's it, that's it, that's it, that's it. Riandala laborioto satalalabaha. That's the Holy Ghost you're feeling. Just let it flow right now. Oh, oh, that's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. Somebody ought to let the Holy Ghost flow right now. Somebody ought to open up your mouth and talk in tongues right now. God wants to bless you with this spirit. God wants to minister to you with this spirit. You ought to open up your mouth and let the Holy Ghost flow through you right now. Yes. Quench not the spirit. Quench not the spirit. Jesus.
hallelujah. I feel like we need to dismiss by doing this. Here's how we're going to dismiss tonight. Look at the person beside you. Find somebody next to you. And I want you to ask them if they need a miracle. Ask them if they need a miracle. Ask them if they need something from God tonight. All right. If it's appropriate, ask them what it is. Maybe it's an unspoken. You can say it's an unspoken. Here's what I want us to do. I want us to pray for one another in the name of Jesus. Because there's power in the name of Jesus. Come on, let's take authority right now in Jesus' name. Begin to pray for that person beside you. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I pray that there would be healings right now. In the name of the Lord Jesus, I pray that there would be deliverance right now. In the name of Jesus, I pray, oh God, that there would be a supernatural touch right now, God. Oh, minister to somebody in the spirit right now. That's the anointing that you're feeling. God is anointing some of you right now. Let the anointing flow through you right now. Let the Lord use you to pray for somebody right now. Come on, that's it, that's it. I, I feel an anointing. Some of you are, are experiencing an anointing right now like you have never experienced. Just let God flow through you. Just let the Spirit of God flow through you. Oh, of His glory and grace. Turn your eyes on Jesus. Look for wonderful, wonderful things. All the things of this world grow strange in the light of His glory. Come on, let's sing this as our anthem. Let's let's let this be our anthem. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in His wonder. Without any singing, could we just clap our hands to the Lord and thank Him for His Word? 
Let's praise him because he is exalted. Because he is already worthy. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Our praise doesn't make him worthy. He's already worthy. We praise him because he is exalted. Amen. God bless you. Let's bow our heads and we'll be dismissed. Lord, we are so thankful for your word that has come to us in such a powerful fashion tonight. I pray that we would walk in the revelation of your name. Bring us back, I pray, safely. Go with us throughout this world. We give you praise and glory in Jesus' name. Everyone said in Jesus' name.